Well, here we are. At home. In our living rooms. With, with our families. With those we love. Today, wherever you're located. No, we're not alone. You are not alone. We are still connected. Today, we're gathering as one body. One body. One body. Because the church is not one building. It never has been. It never has been. We gather today as one church. One church. To lift up one name. The name of Jesus. 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 So wherever you are. Today is the day the Lord has made. Today is the day we give him thanks. So let's unite. Let's worship together. Let's praise his name. For he's worthy of it today. And every day. We're still a church. We are the church. Let's be the church. We are the church. We are the church.
choose to fix our eyes and our attention on you, Father. God, as we sing those words, I'm going to see a victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. God, we choose you today. God, I know that people are watching in all different places, and it's your presence that lives inside of us. God, and I pray this morning that we would remember that when things feel gray, God, when things feel blurry, God, lead us to the rock that is higher than us, not as you, Jesus. God, we will lift you high. Welcome, and I'm glad you could join us this morning. Yeah, we're going to continue with a heart of worship and prepare to receive our tithes and offerings. We just love God so much, and we're giving back to the God who gave it all. Lord Jesus, we love you so much, Lord, and, and we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that you're not just a God that sits uh, above us, but you walk with us, Lord God. So we just pray over this tithes, Lord God. We pray over this offering. We pray, Lord God, that you would bless it, Lord God, and that you would move it further than it could ever, than we could have ever imagined. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it's that time of year again. We have grow groups that are about to get kicked off. You can sign up on the website. But there's an easier way. If you can get onto the church app and sign up there, that is one of the easiest ways to go. Yeah, and if you don't have the church app, just go right to the app store, uh, type in Church Center, and then once it's downloaded, look up Grace Church. It's the one with the GC, and it's got a flame emblem, and you can't miss it. Once you get on and you're signed up, then you can go ahead and you can sign up for our groups. 
Well, we're gonna get back into the word and we're gonna go to Omar Live. Hey, it's so great to be with you this morning. Thank you for joining us today or this week. Uh, I'm just so excited for today because we are kicking off a brand new series. It's called Essentials, Essentials. Now, that might be a buzzword right now, and, and that's why I'm using it, actually, because I feel like that's been the thing that everybody's been talking about. And we have come to a time in our, in our lives where we are having to decide, make that decision on our, on our own to decide what is essential and non-essential. And I know that there's a lot of controversy around that word. You know, we have to think about what is the most important thing, and that's what I ought to focus on. But... I'm not here to have a debate on what is essential and non-essential, but I did think that this week as I was thinking about that word, I was thinking about that in regards to our faith. And I was thinking, what is essential to our faith? And that's really what I want to talk about in the next few weeks ahead, that we would talk about what is essential to our faith. What are the things that are the most important, especially right now, especially what we're going through? We need to talk about this. We need to think about it and we need to meditate on what are the most essential things that will help my faith as we all together go through this time in our history, in our lives. And so that's what this is going to be about. So I hope you stay tuned. I hope you check in every week because I feel like we're going to, we're going to grow from this. I believe we're going to learn a lot that God wants to show us on what ought to be essential for our faith. Yeah. So let's begin with preparing our hearts for the word. Allow God to speak to us wherever you're watching, that God's presence would just be manifested there as you're attentive to heaven this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather and connect together. Even if it's virtual, God, we know that your presence is with us. And so we thank you for your presence. And we're asking for you to teach us, Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth, Lord. That is your promise for us, that you've granted us your presence in such a mighty way that it would lead us to all truth. So open our hearts and our minds in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, let's dive in to the Word of God this morning. And uh, we're going to go to the first verse that I think is going to set us up for the rest of the talk today. It comes from the book of James. So go ahead and find that in your Bible, or we'll have it up here on the screen for you. But it's James chapter 1, starting in verse 17. It says this. This is the setup right here. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above. What does it mean by above? It means from heaven. It says that it comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that does not change, that he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever? Though uh, we look at this world and it seems like it is uncertain on the future, or maybe our life has changed drastically lately, but we serve a God who does not change. And it says this, because it's established in this verse. And I hope that you're really taking notes on this because I believe that for some of us, man, we need to hold on to it this week. But it gives us the first essential truth that we need to hold on to, especially during a time like this. It says, every good and perfect gift comes from heaven, from a father who loves us. Ah, that's an important fact. I mean, that's something that we need to cling on to. That, 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 that God has wanting to build us up by pouring down a blessing on our lives, no matter what. You know, when we think of heaven, I mean, oftentimes people have this, this idea, this image of heaven of being in the clouds. I mean, have you seen those movies, those TV shows where they show heaven as, as being this place among the clouds with these big pearly gates and angels uh, sitting on clouds playing harps? I mean, I hope that's not what heaven is. I mean, I'm really anticipating that that's not what heaven's going to be like because that doesn't sound too much fun, like too much fun for me. But oftentimes we also think of heaven as a place for the afterlife, a place of the future, a place that we'll go to someday. And let me tell you that the latter is true. For all of us who believe in Jesus, put our hope in him, heaven is our home, yeah. that we know that there will be a day where we will experience it all in its glory. But let me tell you that heaven is, is, is a real place. And it has, and, and for us that are believers, we know that heaven is this eternal existence in the presence of Jesus. But I also want to tell you that heaven isn't just a place for the afterlife. Heaven is also a resource for this life. Heaven is a place where God's throne room is. And out of that throne room, 
He lavishes us with every resource that we need. So the big question this, today is this, is how do we access everything that God has for us in this life? Because God does. He resources his people. It's essential for us to know that we have access to heaven. I mean, just take a moment and allow that to really sink in to your heart, that you and I, that we have access to heaven. See, two or three months ago, we could have never imagined what life would have been like right now. The fact that we would have to uh, wear masks as we go in the grocery store. The fact that we would have to be contained into certain areas at certain times and that we would be so restricted. I mean, we would have never imagined this. We would have never imagined a day that we would have to do church online. And it's not just us, but it's all over the world. I mean, there's been some changes in this short amount of time. And I feel that there's in a sense we weren't really feeling prepared for this. But aren't you glad that heaven has been prepared? That heaven has resources because heaven knew that a day like this would happen. You know, I think one of the biggest struggles for me, and I'm probably not alone in this, in this, is that it's this whole social distancing thing. You know, that's been really hard for me. I'm such a physical touch person. And, you know, you guys know, those of you who gather together here at Grace Church, this is your home church, you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to grab a hug and, and a high five. You know, I just, that's just the way it is for me. And, and this has been hard. And I know it's not just for me, but I think it's starting to take a toll on many of us, both mentally and emotionally. And might I say spiritually, you know, some people have already expressed to me as I'm having some honest, deep conversations with people already. And they've been telling me that this isolation, this state of isolation has made them felt distant from God. And, you know, somebody told me, too, they they said, Pastor, I, I feel so overwhelmed with anxiety and worry and fear. I, I can't control it. It's just, it's just the state that I'm in right now with everything that I'm hearing and how I'm feeling. And they're saying, where is God in all this? And I love that they could be honest with me about it and they can open up and I'm able to speak into their lives. But I feel like many people right now, maybe you right now are feeling this way. I'm going to tell you, you're not alone. But they feel distant from God. And I wanted to reassure them that though they feel distant, they are not distant from God. In fact, God has given us full access to him and no circumstance will ever take that away from us. My hope is the big idea today is to get that planted into your heart today that, 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 that you have access to heaven, not just someday, but today. Yeah. See, the, the word is so clear on that. There's so many scriptures that talk about our access to heaven and what we've been granted. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. It says, now all of us, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Now, maybe you've heard this scripture. Maybe you've read this scripture. And I think that the tension in this is how does our heart submit to that truth? What is our heart? Our heart is the center of our emotions. It's the center of our will. It's the center of our action and our thoughts. And what the struggle is sometimes is that we have to submit that to this truth. That's the tension. That's the thing we're going through. And, and, and I think especially right now where we want to feel close. We, we don't want to feel isolated. We don't want to feel distant. Especially right now. It's so important that we allow our heart to submit to God's word. Now, when I read the Bible, I see that we're not the only ones throughout history that had, going, that had to go through seasons of isolation. You know, you see it uh, referred to as exiled. And there was people that felt that way throughout the whole Bible. We see faithful people of God who experienced feelings of feeling distant, feeling isolated. Yet it was in those experiences, it was in those seasons of their life that they encountered God in miraculous ways. That, that God was able to meet them, that heaven came down to touch them and to, and to help them and equip them, even in those seasons of feeling isolated or being exiled. See, sometimes God wants, wants us to receive something, but it can only happen during seasons of disruption. Now, I say that word on purpose because I feel like that really, really describes what many of us feel like right now, is that our lives have been disrupted, that there's been a disruption that has happened. Some maybe more than others. I mean, I know there's some of you that I'm talking to today that your life looks totally different than it did six months ago. That your life was, because of all this, it's turned upside down. 
And you have this desire, like we all do, for things to get back to normal. Oh, we long for the normal. We long to, and I heard that from so many people. They're like, I just can't wait for things to get back to normal. But I wonder, friends, what if our thought of normal is actually unhealthy for us? You know, we confuse familiarity with that, that, that that was good. And we think that if, just because it's familiar, just because it's something that we're used to, we think that it is, it is the right way. And, and, and we feel comfortable with that. But what if the things that we have been comfortable with, the things that we are used to, maybe those things were unhealthy for us. See, sometimes we can have this distortion of God and, and, and who he is. And God takes us through this season through these seasons that, that, we, that we go into because he wants to change that definition, that distortion that we have. See, sometimes we, could, we, could, um, we, could, we can get used to this unhealthy lifestyle and these thought patterns that are based on a distortion of God. And, we, and we're okay with that when it's a season of normal. But when our lives get disrupted, then we got to hold on to the, what's really true. Maybe God is allowing this disruption in our life to clear up some of the distortions that we've had about him and, and, and how he works and, and our faith. See, I believe that in every season, God is so good that he's able to teach us and to reveal to us more of him, more of heaven, who he is, his abundance, his power, his provision, and his strength. Uh, however, we don't often access this revelation unless we get put into seasons of disruption. You know, the Bible gives us great examples of seasons where God would, he would grab his people's attention by, by, by putting them in this type of season of disruption. Uh, they, would, they would wander off from his truth, but God had a way to bring them back. But it had to happen through disruption. You know, these individuals, as we read and the Bible gives us these examples, it builds our faith because we see time and time again that they would have these powerful encounters with God in the middle of it all. Let's take Moses. Many of us are familiar with the life of Moses. I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of scripture talking about Moses, and we know this about Moses. Moses was running from the mistakes of his past. He ran as far as he could, and he ended up in this obscure place in the Middle East called Midian. And there he lived for 40 long years. I mean, that, that's like my, my entire lifespan. I mean, that's a long time. And yet he tried to settle there. He was comfortable being a foreigner living in a foreign land. But let me tell you, God had a better plan for him. God wanted to bring him to a place that he didn't have to be a foreigner, but that it could be his dwelling place for his family and the generations to come. God had a plan for him to, to take him to a place that, that, that flowed with milk and honey. I mean, it was a place of blessing, a place of promise. That's what God had intended for him. So one day Moses is, is tending his flock in his normal life. And we read that God allowed his life in Midian to be disrupted. It was a burning bush moment with God that changed the trajectory of his life. Moses had to leave the familiar of Midian to follow God into the unknown. But yet it was in that unknown that God was able to reveal so much more to Moses, more than he ever experienced in the 40 years prior I mean, think about all the things that Moses learned and all the things he experienced about God, that God was the great I am, that God was the provider, that God was the God above all gods. He did the miraculous in front of Moses. I mean, Moses experienced so much of God, so much revelation from God, but it happened through a disruption. What if just like Moses, this season of disruption is actually a season for us to access greater revelations of who God is? So, so where do we begin? Because I, I, I understand this enough to grab the concept, but how do we apply it to our lives? How do we get there? How do we, how do we get the essentials, the essential things that God has for us when we're going through life's disruptions? Because I don't think this is going to be the last time that our lives are going to be disrupted. So how do we access this? Well, first we have to understand this, and it's point number one, is that accessing heaven requires essential faith. It requires essential faith. Look at the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says this. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that's important, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that right there will preach in itself. Like, that is an amazing thing. That's something to celebrate. But it gets better, friends. Listen to verse 2. It says, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. 
There's a lot there, but really, let me boil it down to this, is that Jesus did all the work for us to access the resources of heaven. That's good news, friends. And the way we access this resource of heaven is through faith. Through faith. Now, you've heard lots of preachers and lots of church services that talk about faith. And I just want to dig a little deeper in this concept of faith, just to help us grasp what he's talking about here. See, we may all think we have faith, and we all do have a measure of faith. You might say, well, I have faith in God, but I want you to ask yourself a deeper question, because I think many of us may have a belief in God, not really a faith in God. Let me explain this. See, this is concept of like, think about reading a book. See, when we read a book, we can retain information. You know, we can all read this historical book, and we can all agree that those are facts, and we can say we believe in it. But that's not the type of faith that Paul's talking about. It's much more deeper than that. See, it's faith that he's talking about is much more than an intellectual acknowledgement that God exists. It's not even the fact that we all believe that Jesus really did walk this earth, that he is a historical figure. No, it's way more than that. The Bible says that even the demons believe in Jesus. But what does this faith look like? What is the deeper faith that Romans 5 is really talking about? There's got to be more. Well, let me give you another word. It's the word trust. See, faith and trust are synonymous in Scripture. Uh, let me give you a better example of something that we've all, uh, we can connect to and relate to. How about going to the doctor? You know, when we feel sick, we go to the doctor because we believe that he has the knowledge and experience to help us. See, you can go to this doctor and, and you can acknowledge that he has this knowledge and experience to help us, but we're really exercising faith when we make an appointment and step into his office, right? That's really a test of faith, and that's where faith begins. So we have a little bit of faith to get into the doctor's office because we believe he could help us. You know, some of us never even get that far with God. You know, we're still trying to figure things out on our own before we go to God. And I always say this, is that, is that prayer should never be our last resort. It should be our first response, right? So we have to start with faith there to say that I know that God could help me, that God could be the one because of his knowledge and his power and experience that he could help me in my time of need. But that's just where faith begins. That's just a little dab of faith. Let me give you an example of a greater experience of faith and a greater exercise of faith. So when you go to this doctor... You have enough faith in him to trust his diagnosis. After you share all your symptoms, let me give you a picture of prayer. I mean, that's really what it is, right? And you have enough faith to trust what he prescribes to you, don't you? I mean, you listen to what he says. You take what he wants you to take. You, you listen to his instructions because you believe in and, and you have faith in his experience and his knowledge. See, we don't go to the doctor and we don't tell them what to prescribe for us. That would be foolish, wouldn't it? But how often do we go to God and we try to tell him what he needs to prescribe for us? Wow. You know, just like we trust the counsel, the wise counsel of a doctor, we need to trust our Heavenly Father, who is the great physician, friends. You know, a lot of people get frustrated with their faith because they want to write their own prescription and they want heaven to back it. But that's not how it works. See, we can go to God and we can say, God, I want you to deliver me from all these things. When instead, maybe God's prescription for you is not deliverance, but maybe he prescribes his power, his strength to persevere. So we got to trust the great physician. He knows what's best for us. Faith is this. Faith, real faith is this, is telling God, say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to trust you with the prescription that you prescribed for my situation, my specific situation. And I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to trust what you do and how to walk that out. And I'm going to do exactly what it is because I know that that's exactly what I need. See, we will never access what God wants for us if we feel that we have to be the one in control of writing our own prescriptions. I think so many times that's what happens to us. Like we start to think we have it all figured out instead of trusting the one that has it all figured out for us and wants to be there for us. See, faith is believing and trusting God, believing that he has the best, your best interest in mind. Even though our current circumstances might feel like, like it's not what we thought. So in addition to our faith, we need to have this essential truth to hold on to, is that heaven gives us an exchange. 
Heaven gives us an exchange. And, and this reminds me back when I was a kid. See, when I was a kid, uh, to, to get some money, because uh, we were a bunch of poor little kids, uh, my cousins and I, we would go around town and we would collect cans and bottles. Yes, I'm that old to where I was able to collect bottles, okay? And, uh, and we would redeem those things for some cash money. So as kids, man, we would go all through town and we'd go through the garbage cans and we would take all these old crushed up cans and all the bottles that we could find and we would spend all day collecting them. And then there was this one store that we could redeem these things for cash. And so we would all go. We'd be excited. This is the way we'd spend our, uh, we have our money for baseball cards and candy and all that stuff. And so, uh, so I remember, I have memories of, of going, being all excited with my cousins, and we would, we would redeem those cans and, and, and those uh, bottles, and we would walk out of the store with dollar bills, you know. And I, I didn't understand how recycling worked. So I was thinking I was getting over on somebody. And I was like, man, I took all this trash and I brought it. It was, it was, it was trash. It was nothing valuable, but I would bring it and, and I would come out with something valuable like cash money that I can do stuff with. And I, I remember I, started, I felt like a hustler, man. I was like, man, they're crazy. They're, they, and I keep giving, bringing them garbage. They keep giving me money. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't understand. But here's the thing, friends, is that when, when we bring our hard moments before God, our greatest needs, when we go to him with our hardships, with our struggles, with our pain, with our grief, when we go to God, we look at these things and we're saying, God, these things don't bring any value to my life. They're painful. They're hard. But let me tell you that when you bring it to God, even though you feel like there's no value, God sees so much value. Why? Because you're bringing it to him and he sees faith. He sees faith. When we bring it to him, he looks at it. And let me tell you that faith is more valuable than gold in heaven. How do I know? Because the Bible says, Hebrews eleven six says this, that without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists and listen to this, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Yeah. Now this letter of Hebrews is written to an audience of people who were heavily persecuted. I mean, I think we're having a lot of, a lot of hardships, and, and, and there's a lot of real stuff. Like, let me never uh, diminish anybody's pain right now, but I don't think... That right now, we're not experiencing the persecution that the people experienced when this letter was written. You know, we may have lost a job, which is, which is you know, it's hard, but we have not lost a, our life yet, you know. And these people were losing their lives. They were losing everything. And, and, and here, these early followers, I mean, they were going through some fierce trials, some, some hard difficulties, and yet it caused them to question their faith, and they begin to wonder, is God really for us? You know, because things didn't happen the way that they hoped for. You know, I know, I'm going to be honest, I've struggled at times with questions like this. Not wondering if God was for me, because that was concrete, but I've always wondered at times, why did things happen the way they did? Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever expected God to do something and it didn't happen the way you hoped for? I think we all have. And, and how do you feel in those moments? You feel disappointed, don't you? It, it's hard. You know, we all go through disappointments. You're not alone. And, and, and when we bring those things to God and we expect him to deliver on what we demand, and that's the problem sometimes. But when it doesn't happen that way, we, we get a bit disappointed. And this Hebrew audience, that's what was going on. The Hebrew audience that this was written to, they were struggling with God. They were struggling with their faith. They were starting to drift away from what they knew to be true. And they question, can God be depended on? And so this book of Hebrews, and I'm telling you that if this resonates with you, if this is where you, you're starting to feel like your faith is getting fragile, get into this book. I mean, it's going to help you. Because as you get into this book, it was to encourage them, just like it's encouraging us today, to remind ourselves that we have access to heaven. And not only that, but in heaven, there's an intercessor. There's someone that goes before us, and his name is Jesus. And he stands at the right hand of the Father, and he's our great high priest. I mean, this whole the letter is about reminding the people who they and who they're with in heaven and they're with Jesus. And he stands with them and he stands for them and he prays with them. I mean, he's an intercessor. And not only that, but this beautiful letter, it, it talks about how faith is the most powerful force on earth because it's faith that moves the hand of God. And we need to be reminded of that. You know, Hebrews 4, 16 says this. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that way we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
I want you to do something. If you have a paper Bible or you're taking notes right now, uh, underline or circle or write down the word throne. I want you to think about that. That is where uh, uh, God's power resides. It's a place of authority. Think that's the ultimate place of authority is the throne room of God. Do you understand what he's saying here? He's saying that we have access to that place, to the throne room of God. I mean, come on, that should get somebody really excited. See, there are some really cool places on this earth where you need VIP status to get into. (laughs) Yet, there is a place that's better and greater that you and I have access to, and it tells us that we have access to God's throne room, which is where? Heaven. The next word I want you to circle or underline is the word receive. See, it gets better. Not only do we have access to God's throne room, but as we get there, it says that we can receive something that God has prepared for us to receive. That's awesome. You know, I don't know what your greatest need is, but I trust that God knows. You know, imagine right now, what is your greatest need? Take a moment. Maybe even in your notes, you can write that down. What is your greatest need? Maybe, maybe it's, it's faith. Maybe, maybe right now you're feeling fearful and you just need faith. Maybe it's a lack of vision for your life and you're just like, I don't know what's next. Maybe it's peace. And I think that's probably the greatest need that many of us are, are struggling right now. We need peace, real peace. Maybe it's a big decision in front of you and you need wisdom and discernment on how to make the right decision. You know, life hasn't stopped, even though everything else has slowed down. Life hasn't stopped. Many of you are making some major decisions in your life right now. Maybe you need physical healing. Maybe you're grieving during this season. Now, let me tell you, grief, grief comes in all different forms. It's not always relating to the death or the loss of a person. Some of you guys are grieving a broken marriage right now. Some of you guys are grieving right now what, what COVID-19 has taken from you. And you're struggling and you just don't know how to to, to respond. And yet God is saying, I'm open for you. Let me tell you, you have access to the throne room. And it says that when we go, we receive mercy and we receive grace. The greatest, the greatest thing that we could ever need. I mean, this, that grace, it's, it's almost like it doesn't make any sense to me, God's amazing grace for us, where I can take my junk, I can take my pain, and I can bring it to him. And he's going to give me hope. He's going to give me peace. He's going to give me mercy. He's going to give me power. He's going to give me strength. I mean, I feel like that kid again that's walking out of the store going, man, I'm getting over on somebody. But that's just how great God's grace is. That's the definition of grace. Yeah. That's how good our God is. And he may not get you what you want. He's going to definitely give you what you need. And we need to trust that we serve a good, good God, a good, good father. The third thing is that entering the throne room requires an appetite. It requires an appetite. Hebrews 10, 19 says this. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. See, when you think about entering, what comes to mind? When you think about being able and be allowed to enter somewhere, what do you think of? See, I think of this. I think of crossing a threshold, going from one room to the next, one realm to the next. But the big word here is that we get to choose. We get to choose to enter into God's holy place. See, even though you have access to it, we still have to have the desire to want to cross that threshold. It is our choice to enter in. And that's what he's talking about. Let me relate it to something that we all have in common, and that's food and hunger, right? Food and hunger. See, earlier in Hebrews chapter 5, the writer is saying that those that want to be mature, they need to learn to crave God's solid milk of his word. So imagine your favorite food right now. I mean, whatever it is, just close your eyes for a moment. Think about your favorite dish, your favorite food, right? Just let it marinate right now in your thoughts, right? Think about that first bite. I'm sure that triggered a craving, right? Like there's something about that. And typically that's what happens. You know, I've said this many times before I preach it because this is the truth, man. One of my favorite dishes is pozole, man. You guys know that. I've said this before. I love pozole. You give me some really good pozole, I just keep eating, eating, eating until I get sick. That's how much I like it. But my wife, Misty, not so much. She doesn't feel the way I feel about pozole, man. She doesn't crave it. She's not a big fan. What does it have to do with entering God's presence? You're probably like, he's lost his mind or he's really hungry right now. No, I got a point here. See, I know some people like my wife that don't care much about pozole because they don't have a taste for it. You know, they don't crave it like I do. And I believe that there are many people who have full access to heaven's resources, but they, they don't 
access it because they don't have a taste for it. They don't crave it. (laughs) Trust me, there's believers who, through time, lose their appetite for the presence of God. Yet the Bible tells us in Psalms 34, 8 says this, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen to this. Blessed is the one who takes refuge to him, that goes to him, that knows that he is our strength. See, God can provide the most incredible buffet of his goodness, of his faithfulness and his provision, yet many don't access it because they don't have a taste for it. Think about this for a moment. You will never access what God wants for you unless you crave what he wants to bring to you. Let me say that one more time. You will never access what God wants for you unless you crave what he wants to bring to you. I think sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we've allowed the desires of our flesh. We've looked at what the world offers us and we look to that as more of a taste for us and more of a craving for us than what God wants to bring us. That's why this word enter is so important. That's why it's there. Because this word enter means more of a call. It's like God is calling us to prepare ourselves to learn to crave more of him, to crave what God is going to set, at the, t- set the table up with when we're in his presence. Again, we will never enjoy the bounty of, of God that he has for you if we, do not, if we do not crave what he puts on the table. Now, let me tell you, God has a great spread for us. When we go in, he's the, he's, he's the most hospitable person that we know most gracious person that we know, most generous person that we know, that when we come to him, there is an exchange that happens. See, our bodies crave food, but our spirits, they crave desires. And desires come from the heart. That's why Jesus says, he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's why Jesus says, store up your treasures. Where? In heaven. In heaven. I want to ask you, you need to ask yourself, Do you desire the things of heaven? Do you crave the things of heaven? Because maybe some of us, we have lost our taste for heavenly things. How do you you change that? I know that that's where some of us may be sitting, and I'm going to give you some good news. How do you restore that? How do you get back to that place? Well, again, it all starts with our hearts. See, here's the thing. Often, when I talk to people who, who feel spiritually dry, You know, they're going through a season and they just kind of feel distant from God and they feel spiritually dry. I want to tell you that 99% of the time, it's because they are spiritually malnourished. And what they need is that they need a spiritual jumpstart. Come on, I've been a a, a beneficiary of that spiritual jumpstart that I needed in my life at times. But when they come to me, you know, what I do is, is sometimes I, it comes through prayer. You know, I just pray with them. And I'm not talking about just a little, hey, God bless you. All right, that's it. No, I'm talking about praying through. And so I'll gather with them and we just start to pray. And we start to really just intercede for them. And we just pray until we know that they're experiencing God's presence. And I, I, I always see them walk away going, man, I needed that. Wow, that was, that was exactly what I needed to refresh my soul. Other times it comes from just getting into the Word of God with somebody else and, and, and talking about God and talking about what we're reading. And that all of a sudden brings that taste back, that appetite back. And people get excited because they couldn't do this on their own. But they lean in with another believer and that other believer is able to jumpstart them back in. And as soon as they get a taste for it, the appetite comes back and they start to crave more of God and they start doing it on their own. And all of a sudden they're accessing heaven and they're accessing God's presence on their own time, in their own way, because they've tasted and they've seen that the Lord is good. And they start to have that craving and that appetite. See, that's why we believe in groups here at Grace. You know, that's why it's so important for us that even in the time where, where we're living in right now, we are making an effort to, to, to gather people together because we believe that God intended Christianity not to be practiced in isolation. It's meant to be practiced in community. We are better together, friends. Yeah. And I know we're given some unusual circumstances right now where our building is closed and we can't gather in, in, in person like we, like we normally do. But let me tell you, this has not stopped the church from being the church. We are utilizing technology right now not to replace anything, but to enhance what we already are and what we already do. And that is our mission. And our mission is to embrace all people and guide them into wholeness through Christ. Yeah. So I hope that you take advantage of what we're offering this season. 
especially right now as we're going in next week. Uh, you might have already seen this on the Facebook post, but if you don't know, now you're going to know is that we're going to launch six Bible studies, book studies that we're going to do together six of them and they're all different different categories different topics and i hope that you plug in but i guarantee that if you need a jump start if you need us you need to whet your appetite again for the things of god to build yourself up to re gain access to the resources of heaven plug into one of these groups start talking with people start getting other believers excited about what you're learning and share and you'll see how iron sharpens iron and all of a sudden you're going to start getting that hunger back and then we're also offering a weekly prayer meeting. It's going to be every Tuesday at 6.06. You might go, well, what's 6.06? Well, it comes from Matthew 6.6, where Jesus is teaching on prayer. And he says that when you pray, go. And you've heard me say this is prayer is not just a thing we do. It's a place we go. And the place that we go is in God's presence. And so we want to offer you to have a weekly time of prayer, corporate prayer with each other. And so you can go on. Now, maybe right now you're like, how do I plug in? And we're going to make it really easy for you. You can go on our website, gcfw.org, or you can go on the church app. It's really easy. They, we made it super simple where it's just a couple clicks away. Or right now on the comment box, you can just put in there and say, I'm ready to connect. And we got somebody right now that's going to show you and walk you through how to connect with one of these groups or be ready to join in on these prayer meetings. And I think that some of you, you need this. You are desperate for this, that, that all of a sudden you long to just be able to get back into the place where you know and maybe we depended on these big gatherings. Maybe we depended on our spiritual growth to happen in the ways that we were used to, where we would gather together and God's wanting to do something new. He's wanting you to experience him in a whole new way so you could have a fresh revelation that you're not dependent on the big group, but that you could find his presence even in the midst of just being you and two or three together. Because he promises that in that, he'd be with us. Maybe you've never experienced that before and God's wanting to do that. Maybe this disruption is just for you to have a fresh revelation. So I want you to take advantage. I want you to plug in. I want you to connect because though we are apart, we're still together. And we know that God is still moving in our midst. But this is just the setup. This is just the week one. There's so many more things that God has given us, resources that he has for us. And we know that are essential for our faith. So I hope that you continue to check in and tune in. But we have to remember that we have access to heaven. Remember that no matter what, you have access to heaven. But it will require a real faith for you to trust in the Lord. And when you do that, when you find that place, just know that there is a great exchange that happens in his presence. And that when you enter into God's throne room, let me tell you that it begins with an appetite for him. An appetite to say, God, I need you. I crave the things of heaven. I crave you. And we need to know that we need to stay hungry and thirsty for him and allow him to satisfy us. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for everyone tuning in today, God. I pray that they get excited because they know that there's so much more, that even in the midst of this world, God, heaven is at attention. Heaven is ready to resource us, to equip us, and to prepare us for what's ahead. God, I thank you so much, God, for your presence now. And Lord, I pray that everyone will jump in and connect and continue to stay connected with you and with one another. We love you. We thank you for this hour. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Know that you're not alone. We are standing with you. We're continuing to contend and pray for healings and God to move and bring, build us up as a church community. We love you. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this Sunday. We love you guys so much. Um, don't forget to stay connected on Facebook and Instagram. Also, don't forget to sign up for Grow Groups. Just jump on Church Center, uh, look for Grace Church, and sign up for whatever Grow Groups you feel like you want to. Also, Grace Youth is doing something every Wednesday. We go live every Wednesday at 4.30, and then we post a little segment called Thank God It's Wednesday, so you can get connected that way. Um, we love you guys so much. Have a great week. Peace out.